Back on Tiger Talk tonight, this Friday night, the Nevada Tigers make the road trip down to Mount Vernon to take on the Mountaineers, team we haven't seen for a little while. Actually, it was 2019. We last saw them. We actually saw them twice that year. Back in 2019, Nevada went 0-2. Mount Vernon was really, really good at that time, and uh, Nevada was still trying to rebuild uh, the program. And so a lot of things have changed since then. And Mount Vernon, a year ago, Went winless during the regular season. Did pick up a district win, but then lost in a district semifinals to Fair Grove 47-0. They beat Stockton in their first district game to at least keep their season alive for another year. But went 0-9, I should say, during the regular season and finished up 1-10 on the year. But Mount Vernon returns a big group of that team, some 17 starters from that team last season who were pretty young. And now they're another year older, and I know that's what we're going to talk about, Wes, is the, uh, is the fact that this team for Mount Vernon – uh, you, we've we've talked about it before. Equated to the situation where Nevada was in, you know, playing freshmen and sophomores. Now we're seeing the rewards of that. They're on that same climb uh, with this group under head coach Tom Cox. He is certainly no stranger to head coaching. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, and you know, it is it is eerie similar to our 2020 campaign. You know, we and we knew we had some good leadership coming back after that 0 and 10 year, um, and then we had that we had all the COVID mystery about whether or not we're even going to have a season and I was like man we got to have this season because we have a good group of seniors and we went from 0 and 10 to 7 and 4 and started off 2 and 0 and you know they started off 3 and 0 and uh you know I remember I'm talking to Tom um two years ago um and I said he was talking about man starting a bunch of freshmen and sophomores say hey I've been there not very long ago and now we're setting it you know that was after we went 7 and 4 that year and I said we got a good group coming back too uh and so maybe it was too encouraging to him for, for, <laughs> for them coming back into our cycle but uh you know those are things that they're they're eerie, eerily similar to our 2020 team that a bunch of young guys are growing had to grow up fast and had the odds stacked against them but now they're figuring it out and playing well and now those juniors and a few seniors and some sophomores that had to play a little bit young are now figuring it out and catch up to the speed of the game and and looking pretty good on film. So, they'll, they'll be a challenge for sure. They did start off 3-0. and They uh, started off the season, which kind of raised a lot of eyebrows when they uh, beat McDonald County 31-7. to Now, I'm really scratching my head over that one after seeing McDonald County last week and picked up wins against Monette and Aurora. Admittedly, two teams that are struggling. But uh, then uh, faced Logan Rogersville last week, and Logan Rogersville picks up a 26-8 win against the Mountaineers last week, and that game was played in Mount Vernon last Friday night. So they, like you, uh, had a bit of a setback, and I'm sure that they're going to be coming back loaded for bear. Don't score all like you do. They score 19 points a ball a game. You score 47.5 right now, pretty even defensively, 10 for Nevada, 11 points on the average for Mount Vernon. But um, uh, when you take a look at uh, Mount Vernon from week one to week four, what are you saying? Well, one thing that jumps out at me is defensively, I thought they looked quite a bit better against Logan Rogersville, a game they lost, Mm -hmm. than they did against Aurora, a game they won. I thought their defense was a lot more aggressive, flew the ball a lot more against Logan Rogersville. Logan Rogersville just made some plays. Um, I suspect that, you know, they'll be prepared well for us. Um, They defended us well last time, but if you remember – uh, in 2019, we went down there for a district game. I believe – well, they were the number one seed in district. I believe they were ranked third or fourth in state because they had went mm-hmm. to the state championship the year before yep. in Class 3. And we went down there, uh, and I think they were bumped up to four. I think we were Class 4 that year. And they were, they'd won – they'd been to the state championship in Class 3, and then they were bumped up to four as well. 
And we went down there and, you know, started five freshmen on defense that night. And after the first quarter, it was a 0-0 game. Mm-hmm. And we were moving the ball. I mean, we were we were moving the ball at small increments. We were going three yards at a time. But we decided going to the game, we're going to try to go for it on fourth down. If, if it's fourth and two or less, we're going to go for it. We had nothing to lose. And we, we converted quite a few fourth downs and had some success against them. So I'm sure they're prepared for the things we showed them there. And I'm sure they, they're looking at tendencies of what we did on fourth and two and third and short against them a couple years ago. Um, but I, I feel like it's a team that has really improved a lot in the last um, couple years, obviously. And again, a young team that is now becoming mature and catching up to speed. And, and it'll be tough to move the ball on, and it'll be tough to hold them out of the end zone. That very effective passing game. The quarterback makes very smart decisions. And like I said, they do a good job of mixing run, passing the screen game. Um, so it'll, it'll be a challenge for sure for our defense, but I think we're prepared to handle it pretty well. We'll start with the passing game because I, I watched some video today and saw quite a bit of that. And uh, uh, Gavin Johnston, uh, just a sophomore, uh, back there at quarterback, not very big, but he can he can spin it and throw it down the field. Also did a lot of what we saw against McDonald County last week, and that was uh, you know 10 yards or less. And uh, then just see what the receiver can do when they get the ball. So obviously have to be prepared for that again. Yeah, and we're I mean, in, anytime, you know, it's a it's – a, copycat sport you mm-hmm. know uh they they have film obviously of our last two games so they're going to see the running plays that we ran well and they're going to work hard this week to nullify those a little bit and they're also going to see that uh, matt county had a lot of success against us throwing the short stuff like the six and seven yard hitches and outs and stuff and we're going to see a lot of that because it, it, they're going to imitate what the previous team you know did to give us to make us struggle so those are things we're going to see and uh, we got to be prepared for that, I, I, and we worked on it all week. You know, we just have to be – we just have to have a little more confidence that we're going to make plays back there. And, you know, the good thing about uh, high school D-back play and uh, people – some people don't understand this. In in the NFL, there's that five-yard rule where you can't collision anybody. But if the ball's not in the air, you can collision. If somebody runs a hitch and go, you can knock the snot out of them when they run that hitch and go if as long as the ball's not in the air. So we just got to be a little bit more aggressive, a little more – a little more confident in what we're doing out there at the defensive back position. And, and then I think, again, we, we've got to have a better pass rush because we can't allow them to set. But then what they're going to do if our pass rush becomes effective, they're going to try to throw some screens and, and allow that pass rush to happen and then dump it short and then get the offensive lineman up the field. So we got to be prepared for that as well. We're on a one-back, four-receiver set. So how does that affect your defense uh, when you want to really kind of go with a four-fourth type of look? How does that affect your defense when you have to spread out across the field sideline to sideline? Well, I think fortunately for us, we talked about how our linebackers are are, are pound for pound strong, but they're but they're, they're not overly bulky. So I think that our our four linebackers are capable of getting out there in the edge and and getting in pass coverage pretty well. But you know that there may be opportunities and times that we have to do something a little bit different. But we like the eleven guys that we roll out there, and and there's some things they got to improve on. I think we've done that this week, but I, I don't see us making a bunch of huge. Um, substitutions because we, we feel confident in the guys that we were out there to, in our starting 11 and some of the backups that we could send in. Do you have a good running back in uh, Braden Dodson? just a sophomore, but uh, ran for nearly 1,000 yards a year ago as a uh, as a freshman on what was an 0-9 regular season football team. Uh, they've got him back, uh, 5'10", 175, so a low center, kind of, so low center of gravity kind of guy. Yeah, and I mean, they they always have a good running back or two. I mean, a couple years ago, they had a running back that was just flat scary, you know. So, um, I I, th- I think that it's, it's something that, you know, he, he is good and he's solid, he runs well. Um, but I think it's he's also a little bit um, – he gets a little assistance from a good passing game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we our assistance comes from 
our backs have good stats, I think, for the most part, because you never know who it's going to go to. Is it going to go to Stedman? Is it going to go to Sanderson? Is Cade going to keep it? Are we going to throw play action once in a while? So I think they have a balance in run and pass, and we have a balance more, and we're going to set each other up with some stuff. So they do a good job of setting him up with the passing game, and, and he takes advantage of that very well. Starting with the defensive side of the football, again, when you take a look at them, you, oh, you kind of look at the linebackers, Dotson being one of those, Cody Downing, they, they, they look very active back there at the linebacker spot. You know, they are, um, and, you know, I remember preparing for really good defenses sometimes, and this may sound odd to some people, but anybody that coaches or played the game extensively will understand where I'm coming from. Sometimes really good linebackers and D linemen are easier to prepare for than not so good ones because you know they're going to be disciplined, you know how they're going to react, you know how they're going to move, and sometimes you can try to fool them a little bit by giving them some false reads and some arc releases and things like that. But So they're they're a good linebacking core, and we just hope that we're able to do some things to, to – to, you know, balance that out a little bit. Um, uh, obviously, not going to say too much, Mike. Like I, I'm always a little paranoid about who who could be listening in, and but uh, I, I think there's some things that we can do against them. And linebackers are very good, but I think there's some things that we can do to to help nullify that a little bit. Well, as you uh, get ready for uh, this contest this week, what are, again, uh, without divulging too much, what are some of the primary areas that you worked in? Well, we got to get back to being evade on offense. You talked about, you touched about in the first segment, we, we don't like to put the ball on the ground. We don't like to throw interceptions. Uh, and I, I think now in the year we have like maybe seven touchdown passes and only one pick, so we like that ratio. We don't want to get in the habit of where we're just throwing the ball up not faulting Kate at all. We had to make a play happen then, so he, he took a shot and it didn't turn out well. But we don't want to get in that habit. And then also, just not – the ball doesn't belong on the ground when we've got the ball. And, and, we, and we did too much of that, and I think we got that cleaned up. And then, as usual, I feel like we have a very solid offensive line. We're a little nicked up right now, but uh, I think we've got some guys that will go in there and hold the rope, so to speak. But uh, our, our offensive line has to be able to create alleys for our backs. We, we've got a stable of backs that are very good. And it goes deeper than just Jordan, uh, Avius, and Case. Um, we have some other guys that can come in and carry the ball and be effective. So we just got to get back to run the ball well, taking advantage of our play-action pass when we decide to do that, and, and, just, and just be an offensive team that gives people a lot of fits. And we got to get back to doing that. And then defensively, just be assignment driven. You know, we we had some bad pass drops last week as far as dropping into zones. You know, when, when we read pass, that would have nullified some plays. So, I I think if we just come back and play Nevada football, I'll be pleased. I, I, people are going to get fans are going to get caught up in the final score, and obviously, I'd rather win games than lose them. But I just want to see Nevada football again, and whatever happens on the scoreboard happens. We just got to get back on track because we've got a tough stretch coming here before district play even starts, and it's a it's a boy, it's a gauntlet right now that we're entering into and you bring this up in the uh, previous segment so bring it up now but uh, five of 11 on third downs last week 45 percent we're obviously accustomed to seeing a much higher percentage uh, was that a product of down and distance or just not getting converted it was a product of down and distance and then we we made some mistakes that we don't typically make on third down a few times but most of it was you know we're used to after first and second down we're looking at third and twos and third and threes and there's a few more third and fours and third and fives and that makes a difference sometimes so uh, yeah, I, I think that'll take care of itself this week. But, uh, yeah, we gotta we got to clean some things up for sure. And, and I think we have did that in practice. Uh, kind of went back to basics a little bit. We ran a lot of our bread-and-butter plays this week and hammered those. And 
I, I think it'll be better, but we just have to go execute better on Friday night. All right, so uh, again, Nevada and Mount Vernon on Friday night. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock. I'll talk about the broadcast plans a little bit later on in the final segment of the program. But uh, again, it is a road game before Nevada gets back home next Friday night to see the uh, Cassville Wildcats for the homecoming game. So let's move into some of the other final topics here. And uh, first of all, we'll take a look at last week's scoreboard in the Big A West. Uh, again, uh, McDonald County over Nevada, 27-26. What a game down at Seneca last Friday night. That one lived up to the billing. Uh, Seneca 36, Lamar 33, and Cassville shut out East Newton 35 to nothing. So uh, really kind of the, the Big A West has kind of been turned on its head here a little bit with some of those scores from last week. Well, I think, you know, Matt County's at 3-1, and one, we're at 3-1, and one, Cassville's at 3-1, and one, Lamar's at 3-1, and one, Seneca's 4-0. <laughs> it's pretty pretty top heavy right now. So yeah, and and a lot of those teams are playing each other down this stretch here too. Yeah, and Vado see Seneca the final week of the uh, regular season. Of course, still have Lamar coming up on the first Friday in October, and uh, some other good ones, including Cassville next week. Uh, the Big Eight East last week saw Aurora shut out Springfield Catholic twenty seven nothing. Logan Rogers over Mount Vernon twenty six eight, and Hollister outscored uh, Hollister. 34-14, to 14, uh, the road team won all three of those Big 8 East games. In the crossover game last week, it was Marshfield over Monette, 34-24. to 24. On this week's Big 8 uh, schedule, uh, Nevada's playing the crossover game at Mount Vernon. So in the Big 8 West, it'll be East Newton at Lamar. Uh, Seneca will be at Monette, and McDonald County will be at Cassville. Uh, McDonald County and Cassville are both 3-1. and one. The other two games probably will not be that close. In the Big 8 East, it's uh, Hollister at Aurora, Springfield Cass- Catholic will be at Logan Rogersville, and Marshfield will be at Reed Spring. Uh, Coach alluded to earlier rankings. Of course, as you probably know, if you're listening to this program, you probably keep up with the rankings, but Nevada did slip from number uh, number three down to number eight, uh, which I thought was more, a little more realistic anyway. Uh, so going into the season, uh, but uh, Nevada at number eight, McDonald County at number 10. They're probably not real happy that they're <laughs> right behind Nevada at number 10. Uh, but down in class two, obviously the big move there was for Seneca, who moved from seven to two, and Lamar dropped back to number four in the class two rankings. Those are the big eight West teams that are ranked this week in the top 10. And uh, somewhere in this pile, I had the district rankings. You ready? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a couple of weeks early for you, I know. But uh, uh, but we are at the midway point of the regular season. And so it does start getting, start getting a little bit more interesting now. Kansas City Center, of course, still at 4-0. They are atop the – and remember, the number one, seed, number one seed will get a first-round bye with Nevada being in a seven-team district in Class 4, District 7. Center right now is at 4-0. They don't really have that difficult a schedule uh, ahead of them other than Pleasant Hill. Maybe Odessa uh, in there as well. Uh, those are both conference games for them. Pleasant Hills ranked in the top five in class two or three. I can't remember. I think class three. Yeah, uh, but uh, Nevada is uh, second right now at 41.17. Lincoln College Prep uh, sitting third, followed by Grandview, Warrensburg, Carl Junction, and Harrisonville. Harrisonville beat Warrensburg last week. I mean, go figure. So it just you just never, never know uh, about this thing. And uh, But that's the way they stand after four weeks, of course. Uh, the points still move around quite a bit here as we get ready to go to week number five. But it's starting to get a little more interesting, and interesting is something we'll keep an eye on as we head into the back half of the regular season schedule. So well, keep, it, keep in mind, too, Mike, that, that, that Harrisonville, yeah. Warrensburg, if they're, if they're, if they're next six and other. seven next yeah. to each other, yeah. Harrisonville will jump them because of the Absolutely. head-to-head. Yeah. So. If, they keep having that, if they keep having that team in between them, though, that doesn't apply. That right? doesn't apply, right. Yeah. So, But uh, we'll see what happens down the stretch. It's going to be very entertaining as we move on. So, Coach, final thoughts? 
thoughts uh, on this week's game at Mount Vernon? And uh, uh, we know what you want to accomplish. That obviously is the win and play well. But uh, how do we get that done? Well, I, I, I'll just go back to Mike about playing Nevada football. I mean, it, I, I feel like we did not play Nevada football, and particularly the first quarter last week. And in, in, in the Big Eight West, you can't do that. If you have an off quarter, you're in trouble. I remember playing three good quarters against Lamar two years ago and being yeah. up 28-22 going into the fourth quarter and played a not very good fourth quarter. Of course, we we lost some key guys in that first quarter of that ball game. So some some uh, guys who weren't used to playing a whole lot got tired and kind of wore out and that, that caught up with us. But, you know, you've got to play four quarters. And, you know, I remember Seneca uh, a couple years ago down there lost same score, 27-26 in, in the final minutes of the game. And again, just didn't play a drive or two very well in the first half and didn't finish defensively very strong in that game. So you've got to play pretty consistent four quarters, and nobody's going to play perfect. Nobody's going to play even close to perfect most of the time, but you've got to be consistent. You've got to execute at a high level. If you have a quarter or half a quarter or even two or three drives in our conference off, then you might be looking at the wrong end of the scoreboard. So uh, just play Nevada football, be consistent, not put the ball on the ground. Uh, execute at a high level and be sound defensively will be okay. All right, very good. Look forward to it Friday night down in Mount Vernon at 7 o'clock. I have a feeling the team's going to play motivated and look forward to it on Friday night. I haven't mentioned this yet in this segment, but no Tiger Talk next week. Uh, I'm out of town most of the week next week on business, so no Tiger Talk uh, next week with Tiger Head Coach Wes Beecher. We'll come back two weeks from tonight. So, uh, Coach, best of luck on Friday. Uh, we won't talk to you next week, but uh, we'll look forward to get back with you in a couple of weeks and uh, hopefully a couple of wins uh, we'll come back and talk about. All right. Thanks, Mike. Tiger Head Coach Wes Beecher, when we come back, I'll be visiting with Nevada Cross Country Coach Ryan Watts. They are about a third of the way through their season, and they're headed to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to compete at a meet uh, that's being hosted by Oklahoma State University this Saturday. We'll come back and talk with the cross-country coach for Nevada after this timeout on Tiger Talk. 